it's the spirit of 2016 podcast. It's Denmark 1, Northern Ireland 0. We have a 95th minute equaliser ruled out with VAR. It's in the hundred and fucking forty-fifth minute. It's my worst nightmare when VAR came out. I'm a Liverpool supporter. I don't think we've had that moment of a moment like that being taken away from us with VAR. And it's so perfect. It's Callum Marshall. It's a beautiful finish. Nobody expected it. And it gets robbed from us five minutes later. I'm Andy Bell, Peter Baker, Stuart Cherry, and Dave Dunning. Um and Dave, yeah, just 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 rant and let us let us get an insight into your emotions right now, please. I, I don't I don't even know what to tell you. I'm absolutely furious. Um apparently you've informed me that it was correctly ruled out. I'm, I'm refusing to accept that. I just refuse to accept it. I don't care what Evan. I'm going all Trumpian now. I'm going full Trump. I don't care what Evan you put in front of me. You're wrong. And it was fine. And that's it. Simple as that. Um, yeah, it's like... I was sitting there thinking, we've, we've scored from a set piece. We've scored from a set piece. I've had to watch Jordan Thompson take umpteen horrendous set pieces and it's a big punt and it's a nod down and the finish is like like proper goal scorer instinct it's out of this world that finish like proper improvisation in the moment and it's one of those ones Casper Schneider he just take a wee half a step and he's like ah it's that I'm, I'm just beaten by that and the pop goes absolutely off and it's like, it almost feels like it's two minutes before they start to check it. And then it's another three or four minutes before they eventually come to an absurd decision. Like, surely, surely, if you have to try and figure out how to disallow the goal for five minutes. Do you remember we used to use the term clear and obvious error? If you can't identify a clear and obvious error in 30 seconds, there should be a time limit on that shit. There should be a time limit on it. That's it. Game over. The goal stands. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's really, really heartbreaking because we're, we're good in terms of like restricting them to very little, you know, and yeah, okay, you know, we didn't show a lot of adventure, but that's the hardest game of the group, away to the top seeds. So that's what you do. And it was like typical O'Neill away to a big side, went there, parked the bus, if you will, threw a bit of pace up front, real like um, left field choice of Isaac Price, playing in, in this weird kind of, supporting striker midfielder weird number 10 position and it it worked for large parts the goal's not great that we concede but again we dig in and we keep the game alive if it's one nil you know it's always in the balance and we get what we we think is 
unbelievably precious point and five minutes afterwards it, it snatched away from us and I am like deeply traumatized right now to the point where I will drink three or four bottles of wine tonight and wake up on Tuesday yeah I sort of feel the same Pete I'll come to you before we get into any of the the tactical sort of nuances of the game of which Dave sort of references quite a few and we will get into that I just want everyone to have a chance to talk about that moment at the end and <clears throat> you know it's, it's I don't know and, and I'm I'm sure I'm being completely completely world against completely biased here in saying that it felt like they were looking for a way to disallow it because they initially look at a at Dion Charles offside, and Dion Charles is an offside position, but he's nowhere near the ball or the island of the goalkeeper. So they check that, and that's fine. Then they check a, ch- a foul on Johnny Evans, and that's and that's obviously fine because there's not a foul there. And they eventually come to a Johnny Evans offside, which, to be fair, Johnny Evans is offside. The goal should be disallowed in the VAR world. I have to be completely fair on that. But the way they desperately tried to disallow it for the foul and desperately dis- tried to disallow it for the Dion Charles offside position before, which are subjective decisions, I thought was an insight into the mind of the referee all night who was desperate to hammer us for anything. Any foul towards the second half, especially was the yellow card, whereas when they did anything, we it seemed like Lavery or Savile a couple of times were clear, clear, clear fouls that weren't given. And the only thing that I can think of is it's the narrative of the referee. He knows that Denmark are on top. He knows that we're the underdog. And he's trying to do this thing of, well, no, they're under breaking here. They're looking for a foul, so I'm not going to give it without actually refereeing the game. And he ultimately comes to the right decision, but ultimately the way they come to that decision, I think is an insight into the refereeing and the officiating tonight. I thought it was really, really poor. Yeah, I mean, the best way I could describe it is delirium to devastation. Uh, I would say in a blink of an eye, but probably in the space of however many minutes it took for that decision to come about. It's 700 blinks of an eye, so, yeah. Yeah, and, it's, and it was particularly um, sort of hard to take because of because you were looking at the replays and you. I was trying to justify how this goal cannot be given based on what we were seeing. We saw Charles being looked at. I, I was thinking, there's no way this could be given offside here because of Dion Charles. Then they go to the file. I was like, that's not a file. That's 50-50. There's no way. And then they show this snapshot for five seconds of Johnny Evans with a, a toenail offside, uh, which was the dagger. Dagger in the horn, you realise all oh, that stuff would be given. So... Uh, it's just typical of our luck since 2016, not being getting to qualify. And as Northern Ireland fans, you don't expect to qualify for major tournaments. You live for getting scalps, big results. A last minute, you know, a draw in Denmark is a huge result for us to get to bring us joy. And the fact that it's been taken away is it's just hard to take. Uh, in terms of the referee, yeah, I thought he was a bit poor. There was, I mean, a lot of 50-50s yellow cards given us for seemingly no reason I, I take your point it did maybe that had an influence on the fourth official not too sure I think 
why they've gone through it with a fine tooth comb. I've never seen a VAR decision like that before. They did come to the right conclusion, but you know, were they really? Why were they particularly scrutinising us? I don't know. Stuart, this is my thing with VAR, and I'm sure if rival fans are listening to this podcast, which they aren't because it's hard enough to get Northern Ireland fans to listen to this podcast, but if they were, they would say that you're just being bitter. But I will always say, and I always have said, and people can go back, I will take not qualifying for the World Cup in 2018 off human error in substitution for moments like that to just be celebrated without even thinking that that can be chalked away for VAR. Yes, it makes it more fair, ultimately. Yes, it makes the game, you know, a little bit more exact, I suppose. But every day of the week, like I hate this. Football five years ago was just, you scored a goal, you had a quick look to the linesman, he didn't have his flag up, and you could go mental. And in the last five years, it's like you start, every time you score a goal, you start to think, oh, okay, did it hit somebody's hand 20 seconds ago? Or... Did it flick off somebody's thumb 20 seconds ago? Or was there an offside 45 seconds ago before the the ball went out of play that could, it could come back to that? And as I say, people listening to this will say, you don't say that if it went against you, but I will, I will always say it. I will take not qualifying for the World Cup to have to live in the moment of football. And I lived in that moment and I could have no idea what it was going to be disallowed for. I thought they were going to disallow it for the Charles one. And I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad they've actually disallowed it for something that was genuinely offside. And listen, fair enough. If you do VAR, you do it right. And I'm fine with offside being an objective decision. I just hate it. It's just not the football I've grown up with. Um, I think if you were going to say, there's a couple of things there, Andy. I think being a Northern Irish fan or Northern Irish and better probably just comes with the territory. So you you can be as better as you want on that. Um, the second bit is, I think everything was a bit better five years ago. I mean, tell me what, what wasn't. And I think this is just indicative of that. It's funny, when we sat down about 20 odd minutes ago to have a chat, I um, had the feeling that I was still drunk after a night out and I was buzzing. You know, I still had that delirium. The, 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 the realization of what had happened hadn't really hit me. And unfortunately, listening to the three of you, my hangover has kicked in so badly right now. Um, it, it has dawned on me what has happened, and it really, really, really fucking hurts. Um, I think there's a few things to look at this year. First half, I thought we did everything that we should have done. We didn't look particularly inventive up front, but we did what we needed to do. We can't say on the basis of our body of work in the second half, we deserved an equalizer. So to steal it, as we thought we did at the death, was so beautifully sweet because we just, it, that, has, um, that has evaded us over the past number of years. We, we haven't had those moments. And it was this beautiful reminder, seven years to the day of, of, of Ukraine and, and Leon, of, of, of something exciting and glorious and all the rest. And sure, it's a good it. point because I thought of it like, that was the hungry moment. Yes. The moment to galvanize yeah. everybody and kick on from there. And you're 100% yeah. right, Dave. That's it. Hungry away, hungry at home. 
it was just something. It was kind of like, you know what, we 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 were poor against Finland, but you know what? By God, we 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 stole something. And you know what? No better team in the world outside of Switzerland to steal something off of Denmark. It was fucking arrogant. It blew my mind. And the inventiveness of, of Marshall to do that was just so beautifully written. And it, it hurts. It really, really hurts. Um, especially as I was parading around Legends Bar in New York, acting like Billy Big Dick, winking at Republic of Ireland fans who were losing 2-1 at the time and thinking this was the best thing ever. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll not let my pride get in the way of it. But yeah, it was a valiant effort, but pretty uh, pretty energy sapping really now when you think about it. At some point, Pete, we're going to have to actually talk about the game. Um, yeah, Stuart and Dave have uh, Dave's shaking his head, but it, it, it is the sort of premise of the podcast. So I, I do apologize for this, but we we do contain them really, really well. And there's a couple of facets to this conversation, Pete, where, yes, ultimately, if you do set up 5-4-1, you are susceptible for one or two big chances, and you are riding your luck in our situation in banking on those big chances not going in if you're going to get a result. But simultaneously, there are times we went away to teams like this under Ian Barclough and didn't look anywhere near as solid as we did tonight. Like, that shape with the five at the back, and it was a five at the back, let's be fair. Bradley got forward a couple of times when he could, but certainly wasn't given license. And then there's a diamond in midfield, which I just... I, the thing is, like, it, it, we all look at the team and we think, that's something mad. That's ab- something absolutely mental to do in this game. But if Barraclough goes with that team, you think, okay, he's just a bit thick. When Michael goes with that team, you think, there's a plan there. And that plan, whatever he did, and I don't, and I'm sure none of us on the podcast have the tactical nuance or brain to understand exactly what the plan for that was. But it worked an absolute treat. And the goal they score, realistically, is the only big chance they have. So going forward to big nations away from home, I have a lot more confidence based on tonight. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, I mean, the first half was pretty pleasing. I was pretty pessimistic looking ahead of the game. I, speaking to my dad before, Alan said, I think we're going to get beaten 3 0 here. Looking at the sides on paper, you know, there's such a disparity in quality between the t- two teams. And that's not trying to be too harsh on our guys. That's just reality. Look at the midfield Ericsson, Hoybier against Shea Charles, you know, Ali McCann and Savile. You know, it's, I mean, that says it all. But, I mean, over the past few years, we've been used to going to bigger teams, setting up defensively, and just, even not, not even the top-tier teams in Europe, sort of similar to Denmark, a bit worse, and just being flaky, you know, being a bit soft at times. Tonight, they were galvanised, they were determined, they didn't shirk any tackles, which are all on sort of intangible qualities in football, but they make a huge difference. And I think that's what O'Neill is still in to the team. You know, we are going to be hard to beat no matter what you bring, no matter, you know, you may be so much better than us. We are going to be hard to beat. And that was the most impressive thing, I think, from the team tonight, given that we were missing so player, so many players as well, certainly in the first half. Yeah, Dave, I think I, think I agree with that in general. 
Stuart brings up something there with with all the emotion of the game and all the like realistically we should come out of that with a one one because in a pre VAR world we do come out of that with a one one. However, he's right in saying that a one one probably would have been an unfair result. It's a one goal swing to Denmark game. They're better than us by one goal. They're not better than us by loads, but they're better than us by one goal. And I'm just interested in your thoughts with that setup away from home. Like it's very, very defensive. Like Lavery, there's feeding on scraps, and then there's what Lavery was doing tonight, which was feeding on like nothing. There was nothing he could have done. And dust. at times I what's that? Just feeding on dust. Just dust. Literally, yeah. And and at times I thought like get two up there, but I, I sort of thought like that'll just take a man out of midfield and it'll do absolutely nothing for us up front because there was nothing there. But I was fine with it because there was no big chance for Denmark, but at the end of the day, when you do set up like that, as I said to Pete in the, in the last part, you, you bank on one or two moments of luck because players who are playing in the Premier League, they're playing in the Europa League and the Champions League, as Denmark's players almost entirely are, they will create that moment and they will create that chance. And it's a bit of luck. I, I don't know if we can be harsh on Kieran Brown. Feel free to be harsh on Kieran Brown if you want to, but they will always get that moment, whether it's a moment of magic or a moment of stupidity. And you're relying on that not happening or that not going in if you're to get a result. So is there anything different we could have done or been slightly more positive? Or do you just think the team that was available to him was like, we had to go with that and, and try to ride our luck if we could? Yeah, I think first of all, in Kieran Brown, I think he's a really good game. Um, I, I watched the goal back, and I feel like he thinks the big lad in front of him is going to get a flick on it, and then he doesn't, and it drops at a really horrible height. It actually doesn't drop at a horrible height; it's literally at his foot. But I don't know why he goes to his knees. It looks like he's about to get up to head it, and then and then he doesn't head it. And yeah, it's just like that is that's just bad. That could bounce anywhere off his knee. Anywhere. He thought he was doing a guitar solo, Dave. I think. <laughs> Probably, I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's just if that bounces anywhere else, we're not talking about that. But it's just one of those horrible moments that goes. But in ninety there. minutes, Dave, where you defend in the end of your own box, the chances are there is a moment of luck which bounces like that, and that's yeah. possibly the issue. But is there any more we can do? No, I, I don't think so. I. For me, I, th- I saw that as a bit of a throwback. I saw that as O'Neill setting his team up well, limiting the chances that the opposition can create, stifling their creative players. I thought the midfield worked really, really hard, forced them wide. They weren't able to play through the middle of us, which, which is what we saw with Barraclough, is that teams were just able to just pass their way through the middle of us. That didn't happen once. So for me, that was great. And then... We get the goal in inverted commas from a set piece right at the end. Very kind of, you know, five, ten years ago, Northern Ireland. And yeah, it, I, I raised my eyebrows at the selection, particularly with Isaac Price. Um, but for all intents and purposes, what O'Neill set out to do, he achieved. Limited them to nothing. If they get a goal, we'll keep it at a one-goal game and there's every chance we sneak something from a set piece, which we, as I say, almost did. Heartbreaking for the, like heartbreaking for the young lad. Um, 
we've talked about how good a finish it was, but you know, his debut off the bench, kid, great goal. And then he used to stand there for five minutes and you can see him mouthing certain profanities while he's while he's waiting for the decision to be made. And I was like, oh mate, this is awful. This is awful. Awful for me, but I can't imagine how you must be feeling right now. So yeah, I think with the players he had at his disposal, that for me, that performance is an overachievement. Well, I, I completely agree. We all give our percentages of hopes of getting a point in the in the pre-match podcast. And you I know, also did tell you that Denmark aren't that good, and I still don't think that they are. <laughs> they don't, but we've only won more game against them, and everyone's going to get beat away from home. So after we've lost to Finland at home, which is a blowover result, you know, you need to counteract that with getting points where you don't expect to do it, and we haven't done that tonight. But listen, there's seven more games in the group, and we'll, we'll come on to talk about that. Sure, I just to be slightly negative about the overall performance, I, I think we're really dreadful for 15 minutes at 1-0. Like, unacceptably dreadful, um, in a sense. Because at that time, and maybe it is a an indication of the inexperience and the, you know, the, the lack of caps we have in the squad, but I expect somebody to say at that point, you know, listen, at 1-0, you will get a chance, and we do get the chance. You know, we get the chance that, that, that uh, you know, arguably should be a goal, but at 1-0, it's fine. You will get a set piece or you will get a throw-in or you will get a free kick and something might happen. But if you go 2-0, notwithstanding what Kazakhstan did to Denmark, you're pretty much out of the game. And I thought we weren't lucky at an awful lot of points tonight, but we were lucky for 10 minutes after that goal not to go 2-0 down. And I think that is indicative of the inexperience of the squad. I don't think that happens in the early days of Michael O'Neill's first stint. And... You know, we are lucky. We are lucky. It, it, it's yeah. pure luck that we don't go 2-0 down. Um, and if I'm having any criticism of the performance tonight, listen, the the goal is just luck. For the, most of the rest of the game, we're really solid. We're really sound. But, you know, we can't just say, just because we didn't go 2-0 down, that it was a good performance after 1-0. It wasn't for 15 minutes, in my opinion. No, you're, you're absolutely spot on. Um the the naivety I think that we displayed after going a goal down and let's be honest as well conceding two minutes into the second half was was exactly the thing you shouldn't be doing it did look like we we lost any form of concentration it was proper Jekyll and Hyde stuff how good we were in the first half we were as bad in the start of the second um, there was naivety in terms of I think the goal itself. I thought Brown just he just made the wrong decision at the wrong time. Um, no, it's it's very we, John Arnorisa against Chelsea in Chelsea. the European Cup semi final. Oh Will, yeah, can yeah. You, Will, can I ask you? Do you think that's lived experience from the last kind of eighteen months? It, it's an, it's an interesting one. I made As a point. just naivety. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, sorry, I was going to say that, uh, Dave. I made a point that I think that is our best away performance in three years. It's the best away performance since Bosnia, right? Ha- hands down as an actual, say, in the first half, big part, and even as a collective, as a 90. And when you look at it, chance at the end, chances at the end, performance in the first half, it's still our best effort, I think, since, since, since Bosnia. But you're absolutely right, it's that... I felt under Barraclough we looked riddled with indecision. And to me, the goal that we conceded, 
demonstrated that. It was just total indecision. But there was things at the back. And I don't think, think the it, overall performance demonstrated that at all. Sure. No, it, it didn't. I think, but the 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 that fifteen minutes at the start of the second half did. I thought we were giving the ball away very carelessly. We weren't clearing it. We weren't connecting. We weren't finding a green shirt. The amount of times that we were giving the ball over to them and then they were coming steaming, you know, through. You know, there was multiple chances. There was that, and you talk about naivety. That horrendous free kick that we have midway through the second half that they nearly score the back of. But you know, Bailey made a really, really good stop. And um, the the youth of the side over the course of the ninety minutes, we had 14 19 year olds. We had one 18 year old. If you look at their team, 10 out of their starting 11 played in the top five leagues in Europe. We have... Did you say 14, 19-year-olds? Yeah, we had, uh, we had three 19-year-olds start, and then Callum, uh, Callum, uh, Callum Marshall's oh. 18, he came off the so bench. four, not and 18. Dale, four, and Dale, Dale Taylor, Dale Taylor's 19, and he came off the bench. So yeah. it's... You look at that, but the point being, they've got players from Syria, La Liga, French League, Premier League, and the Belgian League. We had six or seven in the English Championship, including a couple of subs. We had one in the Premier League who's played 13 matches this season. We had uh, someone in League One, and then we had two, two youth players. To, to come away with even the fact that we we had that chance at the end, we had Isaac Price's chance, you know, when he when he had nothing else on but to shoot and Casper Schmeichel made it made it made it It's a sensational save, by the way. That that it, shot it should go in seven or eight out of ten times. Great feat by by Peacock Farrell, by the way. Unbelievable yeah. ball. I know what missed the defender said. I was but screaming at him to hold on to it, by the way. <laughs> no, and he just did the right thing at the right time. But it is this feels like a therapy session because I actually start feeling a bit better about myself. There's a body of work there that Michael can take away and actually say to people, to Dave's point, you can have a bit of siege mentality. You are still bloody unlucky. But that is a sensational young side that is, has been riddled with injuries, including Cathcart and Jamal Lewis pulling out within the last 24 hours. But to put in the shift that we did, it was inevitable that we were going to have a period under the cosh. I just felt that when we were under the cosh, we looked exceptionally poor at that time. Yeah, but th this is the thing about international football, isn't it, Pete? Where this group could only come along once every 15, 20 years. And it's just, I feel like it may have just come along two or three, two years, two or three years too early for us, really. And, you know, we've had sensational teams. The Germany, the Czech Republic group, where we 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 qualify for a playoff by absolute miles. Like we were nowhere near the Czech Republic in that group, and we draw the Switzerland. We qualify for every tournament, and we're we're beaten on a a horrible decision. And then in twenty Norway as well, Andy. You think about where they're at now? Well, yeah, exactly. We were, we, like we were so far ahead of them in twenty twenty. We draw Germany and uh, and the Netherlands, and, and I will always say on this podcast that I think the the 2018 and the 2020 team is better than the 2016 team. We just had, we just those, had more difficult groups. Those two last minute goals in Amsterdam, you know, yeah. if it wasn't for those, I would have backed us to qualify. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. And, and imagine we qualified for a group from a group with, uh, with Germany and the Netherlands. But, but, but Pete, on the game tonight, like the midfield grafted really well. I thought like, you know, we talked in the preview podcast about, about 
you know how we can how we can nullify them and send them to the park. And like Dave's right, they got nothing through the middle tonight. And we played this diamond that we've never done before with Price at the at the top of it, Savile at the apex where he plays for Millwall, um, and it's done well all season. And to be fair, nobody's ever come up with a way of playing Savile for Northern Ireland the way he plays for his club, and he plays really well for his club. That's why he gets picked every game. And then you've um you know you've got uh, the the Price sorry Price at the top, and uh, who are the other two boys again? <laughs> I've gone blank. McCann and, and sorry, sorry, Jay Charles at the apex and Salvo's on the left. But I think Salvo presses really well. And that's key as well. Like we do it's not a pure backs to the walls performance. Like Savile presses at times, price presses at times, and they know exactly when they have to press. And everyone knows when they press what to do behind them. And that's something we didn't have under Barraclough at all. But my issue sort of with it, Pete, is that like play Kazakhstan at home now and we have to get a win. And we go to Finland and we go to Slovenia and we have to get maybe four points from those away games and win at home to Slovenia, which, you know, before we talk about how unlikely that is, we can't go with affirmation. So we're relying on Michael to, to think up something that works for those games, but it can be what we did tonight because it's too negative because a point isn't good enough for us in, in these games. Yeah. And as positive this performance was at times, you're playing against far superior opposition. The rest of the group, if you're going to be playing teams that are not, are not that superior, you're going to have to create chances, which we struggled to do against San Marino. Historically, we've struggled to over the past few years. Kazakhstan on Monday will be a lot tougher than people expect. They've got six Completely points. Agree. They can get a they could get a scalp against us on Monday. They will happily sit back and defend for 90 minutes and try and get us on the break. So, yeah, you're right. He's going to have to come up with something else. Bryson. And um, Lavery up top, I don't think can start. I think tonight they were two sacrificial lambs. I think O'Neill's reasoning for not starting Dion Charles was he'd rather Price and Lavery run for sixty minutes, press, perform a function in his in his. And with Price his doesn't really end up playing as a forward pick, does it? No, 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 no. Exactly, they were there purely for tactical reasons. And then you bring Dion Charles on for the last thirty minutes when he's got fresh legs and a chance may fall his way. And he's fresh enough to take it. I think that was his thinking tonight. So you can't do that against Kazakhstan on Monday. Pete, maybe with the thought of actually having Dion Charles start against Kazakhstan as well. Yeah, possibly as well. We ended up there's a better chance of us beating Kazakhstan. So you want Dion Charles, maybe more fully fit for you know who, who knows. Yeah, but I think you know McMenamin comes on. I I think he's got a great chance of starting um, on Monday night. Did really well. Positive. Took on a couple of players. Added something we didn't didn't really have. So um, Andy, was, I was going to say on that, Andy. By the way, if you look at all four, all five substitutes: Taylor, Charles, um, uh, Markle, McManaman, and Thompson. Like all of them, you could say made an impact one way or other. Well, I I was I was surprised at how long he took Stuart to make the substitutions because yeah. I understood why he didn't do it when Denmark had the ta- the wave after wave. Yeah. When they, and that was that's about 15, 17 minutes after halftime where they have that wave and they change something up and we don't deal with it and that's absolutely fine. And yeah. that was my concern. I've sent the guy beside me, listen, they're going to change something up here and I just want to get to 55 with us having dealt yeah. with it. And we didn't really. Um, And how much of that has to do with the goal, I'm not sure. But it felt like we waited almost 10 minutes after stemming the tide to make the subs. And I'm yeah, a bit like... 
was the first one. So I feel like we've got a foothold in the game again before, quite a long time before that. And I was a bit frustrated that the subs didn't come before then. I don't know about you. I think it was it was a tricky one too because like who who do you bring off? We brought off Lavery and uh, um, Shay Charles in the 69th minute. He doesn't do wide at all, which is bizarre. Is White on the bench? White was on the bench. Yeah. White's on the bench. He doesn't do white at all. I was very surprised with that. I yeah. thought, especially with Deal Taylor going on, I thought he brought White on as well. So whether there's fitness issue, it would seem very strange again to bring on Taylor and Marshall before even looking at White. So, I mean, I'd be interested to understand that. But I think, um, Stuart, I think that's horses for courses. I think that's, probably. I think that's guys, penalty box players that can sniff something out a bit of a bobble or a, a, like their goal, like our disallowed goal. Guys who can stiff something out and stick it in the net. Gavin White is essentially a wide forward. You want to get him wide, in behind, coming in the back post. And at that stage of the game, it was pretty much batting down the hatches. If you get an opportunity, kick it into the box and see if something falls our way. And I think that was his thinking on that. Do, do you think it's more that, Dave, than what I maybe thought sitting here tonight, which was, and this is incredibly negative, and I apologize for it, but I think there is an element of after the Finland game that Michael O'Neill may have thought the qualification's gone. And as caps for the boys, it's showing Isaac Price that, listen, this is your way into senior club football. I will give you caps away to Denmark. Callum Marshall, you're, uh, I don't think Dale Taylor's any chance of um, deferring from what I hear of him, but uh, you know what I mean? I, I wonder, is there an element of Michael O'Neill's accepted that we may not qualify for this? Or certainly at Denmark away, we may not get the points that we need to qualify for this. And it's a, I don't know, I was, I was a bit negative at the team selection in the sense that maybe he's just trying to convince players that Northern Ireland's the right way to go going forward. I can understand why you would say that, but at the same time, we questioned that team selection the likes of Isaac Christ, but ultimately the tactics were sound. Let's be honest, they were sound. Um, the but do, you, do you think a, a Callum Marshall is better than Gavin White at that point? Possibly, I mean, possibly he is. I don't know. He scored a very, very good goal that was ultimately disallowed, you know. So maybe he's really good. I have no idea. Um, yeah, I do genuinely think that there was there was a thought process behind that to go in and getting something from the game. It doesn't really feel like a Michael O'Neill approach to go, we're just going to bend this off and I'll bring some kids through. That sounds a bit like an Ian Barraclough approach to me, right? Yeah, so, right. Yeah, so no, I think he went there with the objective of let's see if we can get something. This isn't the game that we targeted for any points at the start of the campaign, but we'll go there if we can nick something great, and then we'll take it to Kazakhstan. Finland is ultimately the killer here, you know. Yeah. If 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 we, we draw that game, we're fine. Like, yeah. If we, if we if we win that game and we don't drop a point in these circumstances, we're looking at this in an, an entirely different light. So, Ali, just sorry, just one thing on that. The subs he didn't use: Lane, Goss, Aaron Donnelly, and Gavin White. Those were the, the outfield players that didn't take any part in the game. 
And the only one there you would probably say that would have had maybe some positive impact in the game is Gavin White. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel very much like that to get some guys who play in the penalty box. Who yeah, can, that's a good you know, that, that's. It, well, it, Dave, Dave, it nearly worked. Well, this is it. Who would have thought that an 18 year old from West Ham's under 16s or whatever? Would have come on. Oh, don't say that, Dave, because it's so perfect. The the story so perfect. I know, I know, but again, <sighs> who who would have thought that we're sitting here and we're talking about was it the right way to go? Were these the right tactics? Were these the right subs? We're this close, and I know we're like this is audio, and I'm making yeah. a tiny little gap between two fingers. Yeah, Dave's currently um demons uh. Demonstrating the, the size of his penis right now. Uh, if anyone's wondering, it's not the only thing devastated about, but <laughs> yeah, I, I think that that just I'm just so gutted. I'm so gutted that yeah. if we get that last minute winner, how that propels us into the rest of this group. <sighs> yeah, hundred percent. It says moment, proper sliding doors moment. There, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're right, but right. I'm gonna let everyone go one last time. Um, context of the group, Dave. I'll let you do this. I'm looking at the group right now. Denmark first on six points. Kazakhstan second on six points. Finland third on six points. Slovenia fourth on six points. Us on three points, but playing Kazakhstan next should get the six points. San Marino and zero. I don't even want you to debate the idea that we may get three points against Kazakhstan because ultimately, at the end of the day, if we don't get three points against Kazakhstan, we don't deserve to qualify for this group. So I don't even want to entertain that idea until we have to in the in the in the reaction podcast. We said that about Finland, but yeah, but I think I think this is even a, a step down from that. And I feel like when we did Bulgaria in the last qualifying campaign, I think we we're all fairly fair about the fact that yeah, it's done now after we drew to them. So. I don't listen. If if we're not good enough to be Kazakhstan at home, we're not going to qualify anyway. So I'm putting that out the window for now, and we can review it when we review it. But if we do get three points, Dave, we're on six points, and mathematically, no other team can have more than nine points at this point. And as much as the context of the group says we've lost to Finland at home, and that's a massive blow. If we do just get these three points, mathematically, we're in the mix in September. And mathematically, we're in the mix in October. And I feel like sometimes as Northern Ireland fans, that's all we can hope for. All you want is hope. All you want is hope. And, all uh, you want is to watch games that matter. Listen, if, if, if everyone loses to Denmark coming away and everyone beats Kazakhstan and San Marino coming away, it comes down to a mini league between ourselves, Finland and Slovenia. And as much as we've lost a game there, and Slovenia have won two games there. Sorry, uh, Finland have won two games there against us and Slovenia. You know, if we go to Slovenia or we go to Finland and scrap a result, we're all of a sudden right back in it. And then even something like Denmark at home becomes a massive game where we could get three points to qualify for that group. If we put ourselves in that position, we all go in there with some hope. But it's so crucial to beat Kazakhstan. Yeah, I think there's this weird scenario here where we've got Denmark, who are the, the, the top seed, okay, they're the best team in the group. If someone can nick a point or three points off them, massive, because not many teams will, no matter how bad they are, right? Um, Sam Raider are going to get beaten by everybody, fine. Kazakhstan, 
again, they could be almost the kingmakers in this scenario. I think at home they can be away from home, apart from us, which is the concern. I don't think they're getting anything off Finland, Slovenia, or Denmark away from home. Maybe not, but, you know, again, who knows? It's a bit of a basket case group, but you're right. It comes down to that mini league between those three sides, so there's like 10 FIFA ranking positions between them in us, Finland, and Slovenia. So we've played one game, we've lost one game. Slovenia have what, played two, or played what? Played one? Played two? One, they've, played, one they've played three, they've won two, and they lost to Finland today. No, of that mini league, though. Of the, the mini league, they've, uh, yeah, they've just lost. Two, they've just lost to Finland. Yeah. yeah. And then Finland have won two. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So they're, in the, they're in the box seat right now. So that's where we have to target those three games. Slovenia, home and away, and Finland away. Now that's a tough ask. So, okay. so basically you need four points from Slovenia home and away and you need to beat Finland away. That's you're where probably, we are right now. You're looking at, at seven points there. If you beat Slovenia home and away, draw to Finland, you're probably okay too. So I think that's where we have to target the points because I think every bit, everything else kind of figures itself out other than the fact that I do genuinely think that mad things will happen in this group. Kazakhstan will beat somebody else, maybe away from home. Finland could beat Denmark. Who knows? It is a bit mental right now. You've got any other group across that qualifying, and you can already see who are clearly, you know, the two favourites to qualify. You couldn't say that here. No, I agree. And like, listen, Pete. At the end of the day, going to fin- going to Slovenia, winning home and away, like they're better than us. But that's not really the equation for Northern Ireland. I feel. The thing is, we need to see Michael O'Neill in his second stint come up with something that makes us believe we can go away and actually win. Like, tonight was really good, but we're only really getting a point from tonight. So can he go to Finland or can he go to Slovenia and actually win a game? I want to I wanna talk to you about the, the Kazakhstan game because we're not going to do a preview for it because nobody can be ours. But I, I want... Because we're obviously going to have to change it up. We're not going to go 5-4-1 with a diamond. And we're going to have to do something else. Like We're probably going to have to bring something else into... Dave's doing fingers at me. 4-3-3. Yeah. No, I got it the first time. You know, he's going to have to do something else apart from the, the, the diamond. He's not giving the middle finger to me. The diamond's not going to quite work. He's going to need to go to the offer. He's going to need to play Dion Charles, isn't he, Pete, before Dave distracts me any further. Yeah, I mean, you'd think so. I mean, the highest goal scorer that we've got in the ranks, he's 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 got to start. I think it'd be stupid not to play him. Uh, going back to that mini league, it's it sort of sounds like a nations league group, <laughs> which which I don't want to reflect on. Uh, I thought I, I thought tonight couldn't get any worse <laughs> after the VAR decision, but Pete's brought yeah. up the nations league. Yeah, well, you, no, you brought it up. You brought up the mini league. I just said, well, I just made an observation, but. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you'd expect he's got to put out attacking. I'm not going to bother trying to judge what team he's going to put out, but it's got to be an attacking team that takes it to Kazakhstan. We've, you know, we've got to try and enforce our game plan on it and not wait for the like two strikers, Pete, potentially. Yeah, two strikers and maybe some quick wingers who are going to be decent, take someone on, like McMenamin, etc. I mean, it's not the players we have. Will be better than Kazakhstan's. 
They will beat. Uh, they will be. Um, they will not beat. We hope they will beat. Um, sure, name me an 11, then we'll finish. 11 that are going to start on Monday? Yes. Um, let me see. Let me see, let me see, let me see. Uh, it might be an easier one. All right. Do you ever notice access accent gets more Belfast the longer we talk? Who's does? How Stuart's accent gets more Belfast. <laughs> Somebody um, said this yeah. to me at work, by the way. My dad was over for the weekend and like I came into work on the Monday morning Don't and worry. people were like, what are you talking about? And I was, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I was going for my best Graham McDowell at the start of this. So um, that's a beautiful gut shot. Um, Bailey will start in that. I actually think he's probably going to do... I personally think he'll do a similar formation um, on on Monday. But just for argument's sake, let's just look at personnel. Um, I think Bailey will start. Johnny will start. Paddy will start. Um, I think that Kieran Brown will start unless Cathcart is back. Um, Hume will start. Bradley will start. Savile will start. McCann will start. And... I think Dion Charles will start instead of um, Isaac Price. I think Lavery will start if he's fit and Shea Charles will start. I think the only change he will actually make, say, injury aside, I think uh, uh, Dion Charles in for Isaac Price. I don't really know if he's going to change much else up. I don't think he's got the body to change them up. It sounds very Barraclough, like three, four... Or three five two sort of thing. But Davey doesn't think, do he doesn't do Savile at home to Finland. Wow. Is there a chance? Do you think he's learned from his mistake and he definitely does Savile at home in this game? How do we? You know, obviously if we did, we put Dion Charles up front in the two that makes us more threatening with Lavery and Charles. If Lavery can do that game again, actually, sorry, Andy, I'll make actually one change. Bigger part of my thought was I don't know if he will start Shane Lavery up top. Sorry, I actually think he will start. Um, I actually think he might start Gavin White with Dion Charles up top with Lavery to come off the bench in a similar way to what Pete was saying about using Dion Charles in the game today. I think that yeah. what White will give you then is he will give you that bit of width that Dave was talking about. I think perhaps then the likes of Hume could tuck in a bit more. I think on the strength of tonight's performance, Saddle should start. I thought he was. I thought he was great. Yeah, I thought he you was. Know, well. I thought he led the really press good. really well. I thought he did. He pressed well. I think. But you, you just look at the subs. Does Jordan Thompson start? Maybe a get ahead, Saddle. I don't think so. McManaman <laughs> doesn't. Dale Taylor doesn't. Marshall doesn't. Lane Goss Donnelly. They don't start. Yeah. So Dave's Dave's certainly not. Starting Jordan Thompson, Dave. I think Dion Charles does start this next game, but oh, is yes, that sir. is that the only thing we do to make tonight's lineup more positive, or do you do something different at midfield? I I think White instead of an Isaac an Isaac Price, and I thought Isaac Price showed a lot of you know that youthful enthusiasm that Pete talked about earlier on, but he wasn't that natural go between between midfield and attack. Completely and I agree. think Gavin White would provide that. He's got a lot more international experience. And I think he can be that segue between the two. That'd be my opinion. I think White's maybe, I see what you're saying there, where there'll be less defensive responsibility there. You know, his, his job will be to kind of break the lines, get beyond the last defender, stretch their defence. But again, are we talking about a team that's going to sit in their own 18-yard box? Gavin White's not much used to in that point. So 
yeah, I don't know. Um, prob- honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if my mate Jordan Thompson starts. Um, I know we missed it. though. Uh, devastated. I know we whisper it in like dark, cold corners that's <laughs> actually quite good, right? Savile's brilliant tonight. Savile led the press brilliantly tonight. I thought, I don't know about you. But impossible because he's, he's, he's shite, right? Yeah. But he's not. But I don't get it. So, yeah, I think I thought McCann was good. I thought, just really, I thought that just looked like a really functional, cohesive midfield three. And I would like to see it again. A cohesive midfield three, Pete, against Kazakhstan is a very different from a cohesive midfield three away to Denmark. So do you think there's any chance of a formation change? Is there anything different you would do? I think he has to get Lavery and Charles in the team somehow. And it feels like the only way to do it is with the two up front. So 3-5-2 team seems like fairly likely to me, but apart from sort of like a, I mean, it will be a, a price for a Charles at this point, I think. But do you think anything apart from that might change? Like, do you throw Thompson in? Like, Thompson's, Thompson feels like a bit more of an attacking player, but he's, he's no goals or no assists this season. So I'm I'm not sure if that were being a bit kitted on by the, the style of the play. I don't know what you think. Yeah. I think... I'd, I'd be inclined to agree with Stuart. I think it's more about just getting that those personnel in the field, your best players, and then you create a formation around them that is more attacking. Is Jordan Thompson one of those players, Pete? No. I think I think this game on Monday night is you'll see a better version of Shay Charles. More like is Shay Charles a better player than Thompson, Pete. Pardon? Do you, sorry, do you think Shay Charles is a better player than Thompson? I think against San Marino, he showed he was very good against the team who defended in a low block. So I think he's potentially uh, more of a threat against a team like Kazakhstan. Thompson has played against these teams before and hasn't unlocked defenses. So I think Thompson, I don't think Thompson could unlock, uh, you know, an open door. You know, no, I, I think no, you I, know, he's I, just not that way inclined. So I, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't play Shea Charles because he thrived last time. He was one of the best players in the pitch. Like the caveat, San Marino. He was up for a few minutes for City this season, but there's not many players get any minutes for Manchester City. So I, I think we have to accept that this guy has is as talent. I mean, he probably plays at the highest level out of anyone on the team in training. I think we talked about this before. That Manchester City youth team is probably like top end League One, if not Championship level. Uh, I mean, if he's training with the first team on a daily basis under Pep, you know it doesn't. I, I, I think. I think it's. Pressure. I think it's stay. I think it gets a fairly high uh, position in the championship. That Man City youth team. Yeah, I, I have to say though, Shea Charles is just one of those players. When you saw there was something like with Connor Connor Bradley tonight, and the difference in Connor Bradley having had fifty-two or fifty-three proper men's games, you know. League One matches under his belt compared to where he was 12 months ago was so significant. And you just hope in 12 months' time, all those young, you know, four or five teenagers that played tonight, if they could all replicate what Connor Bradley has done this season, it'd be fantastic for us. It's exactly what we want. And Um, what? Bradley's two years older than Charles, is that right? I think Bradley is Bradley nine. He's either nineteen or twenty. Bradley's, Bradley's nineteen. Charles is eighteen. Isn't he? Nineteen. Yes, yeah, twenty in July. So like basically twenty. What did you say, Charles? Seventeen, eighteen, or am I being mental? Yeah, Charles, eighteen. 
18. Which is mad, but I think it is exciting. You look at that, just look, I'm just looking at one of the um, that soccer away website, and it's just got the, the, the five across the midfield Connor Bradley, Ali McCann, Shay Charles, George Savile, Trey Hume. <laughs> if you were to say, if someone was to say to you six months ago, that's our lineup, when we did the, the, the pod of the draw, and you were to say the toughest game that you've got in that group, that's going to be your midfield. You'd have been like, fuck a duck. We are absolutely going to be screwed here. Yeah, I just want to say before we finish, like I thought Savile off the ball tonight was really, really good. Like first half, I thought he was really, really good about getting out, getting, yep. you know, close, closing players down at times. And he will get the credit for it because it's not on the TV or it's not played in replays. And, you know, it's it, it it's quite difficult to actually see what he does. I, I just thought Savile, especially protecting Trey Hume or Trey Hume, who was, you know, playing on that side and was a bit exposed at times. I thought Savile got across really, really, really yep. well a couple of times. I think that's what he does. And I think that's what nobody sees. And it's weird on this podcast because like everyone sort of says that and then everyone hates him outside of it. But listen, welcome to you, right? Final final if this day is now where it's going to be talked about is we have a pro sample agenda. <laughs> for, for access, Dave. Totally for access. Yeah, yeah. Press um, we'll do our own Savile report. It's fine. Right. Trivia. Um, no one did that already and it didn't turn out very well. <laughs> Moving swiftly on before we get sued. Um, right, trivia. Last time we c- played Kazakhstan, what is the score, Pete? Is that in our lifetime? I'm not giving you any clues. Oh my goodness, the score uh, 1 0, no nine. Okay, Dave, what do you think? I can't remember yesterday as a general rule. Um, 2 1 to who? Ever, I don't know, just 2-1. Okay, 2-1. Stuart? I mean, to be technical, I think the last time we played a team with Kazakhstan players that would be eligible was under the Soviet Union in the 1970s. Yeah. I don't think we've ever played them. You, you always ruin the joke, don't you, Stuart? We've never played them. <laughs> um, so, yeah. It's factual knowledge. Kills that would have been well players. better if Ben Harshaw was in his place, wouldn't it? Like, would have been well better. That would have been actually funny. Let's not go that far. <laughs> <laughs> right well um <laughs> i'm glad we've had this podcast tonight because it was therapeutic for me um yeah absolutely devastating um when you did dave it with Dun- a smile on your face by the way and a kind of a giggle when dave Dunnan said to me tonight i'm absolutely shit-faced do you want me on like there was a serious sort of illegal decision to be made but uh, i think it's made everyone else feel a little bit better so yeah listen about themselves about themselves. Listen, on to Kazakhstan. Let, let's get six points against Kazakhstan and let's see where we're at. Because yeah, I'm realistically, you know, Finland, Slovenia, okay, we think we should be qualifying ahead of them, but we shouldn't be qualifying ahead of them. We're shiting in there, all right. So, like, whatever. Let's go into them. We've got a chance. If we go to Finland and Slovenia and get four points and maybe be Slovenia at home, then we will qualify for this. And like, what a position to be in. So, like, turn up. And, and um, they, we performed really well tonight. Yeah. We're three games into a new Michael O'Neill era. Are we going to get better or are we going to get worse? We're going to get better. Okay. Um, fuck VAR. Good night. <laughs>